When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Sorry, folks. I got a few guys over here just hanging out. Sorry. You know, what do you, Adam? Well, Adam's here. Yeah, he's, he's taking pictures of this empty closet. Scott, too. Yeah, Scott's here, too. He's swimming in the Vietnamese swimming pool. It's a party, man. And you want to know why? Because it's horror movie night, and we're talking about house. Woo! That was pretty good. That was well, that was well done. That was pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, the uh, first question... <laughs> Why would you try to call your estranged husband from an award show that you didn't win something on and then be like, wait, wait, let me take this impromptu picture with somebody else while I'm still on the phone? Like, (laughs) what asshole photographer would be like, this is a great idea? Yeah, that was really weird. He's like, this is an awesome photo opportunity. Like, she's not busy at all. She's just like you. She talks on payphones also. So this movie's got a a lot of questions. Yeah, I don't mean to nitpick that one thing that that is not necessarily as batshit crazy as the rest of it. (laughs) I mean, I think before we even dive into the movie, we have to acknowledge the most infamous thing about the movie, which is the cover. Because I think all three of us... The best thing about the cover is the cover. Yeah, like, all three of us, I think, have similar stories of, like, this being one of those VHS covers that just fascinated us as kids. Absolutely. Yeah, it really did stick in my craw, so I've remembered it for a long time. But it wasn't in the movie. Nothing... I mean, there was a dismembered hand in the movie, but it certainly wasn't that. Yeah, I actually feel like I remember... I remember the video store had Houses 1, 2, and 4, because House 3 isn't House 3. What? Yeah, House 3 is a movie called Horror Show that in Europe they released as House 3. So when they started making House 3, the name House 3 was already taken, so they just had to call it House 4. But there is no House 3. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's the best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) That's some weird who's on first bullshit. What is that? The horror show is actually a pretty decent movie. I remember one particular sequence in it. It it fits into the house genre of being like these horror films that feel like they're trying to be funny, but you can't tell if it's like intentional or if if they're just really bad at what they're doing. Like House 4 has the singing pizza. Spoilers! I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) In House 3, the horror show, it's kind of like Shocker. 
It's about like this serial killer who gets put to death, but he comes back as a ghost to just haunt this one house where the guy who like accused him lives or whatever. And there's a scene, they're about to have turkey, like it's Thanksgiving or whatever, and like they lift up the turkey, and like the dude's head is just like, a very miniature version of the head is on like the neck of the turkey. <laughs> it's so oh ridiculous. It's amazing. I think Scream Factory actually released it on Blu-ray, so that, that might be on my list of Blu-rays I need to purchase one day. I, um, I know that's not the movie we're discussing, but can we use that as the picture that we put up with the <laughs> I, I'm not sure when you guys finally saw House, but I remember I actually watched it on USA one afternoon, so I saw, like, the edited version, and I thought that I was missing out on a bunch, because, you know, it's an R-rated movie on TV, but... edit this? There's nothing bad in it. Like, nothing say, bad happens. This movie does not deserve an R-rating. They didn't <laughs> cut anything to broadcast <laughs> it on television. I remember renting it and being like, alright, well, now I can see all the stuff that... They couldn't show me on USA, and it was literally the exact same movie that I had just watched on USA. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. You get so disappointed from that. Yeah. Although, I mean, I've talked about it on the old podcast that the only reason I rented Return of the Living Dead was because I was watching it on sci-fi, and the chick started stripping, and then it cut. And I was like, no! Quigley's <laughs> <laughs> like, so I like went out and rented it the next day so I could see that sequence. Alright, so House opens up with a grocery delivery boy wandering around this empty house only to find the owner of the house hanging in one of the Oh yeah, yeah. It's and he oh. runs out the door and like fuck calling the police. I'm gonna get on my moped and get the fuck out. Like it, it, there's ah, that yeah, so that, impossible. That dead body can't do anything to you. Yeah. It's not going to hurt you. Relax. But you know what's the best part of that sequence? Is he knocks on the door and he goes, it's me, grocery boy. <laughs> it's, not saying, it's the grocery boy. Um, or anything. It, it, it's as if his name is, he goes, it's me, grocery boy. <laughs> it, that's perfect for when you're hanging out with the vampires and the Medusas and the, well, like, you always the Draculas, like... I'm sorry. You almost wonder it's me, it's if <laughs> you almost wonder if Grocery Boy was like just written in there as a placeholder until he just came up with a name to put in there and then forgot. You know who now, wrote this, is, this movie this... though, right? This was written by Fred Decker, the guy who oh. did Night of the Creeps and Monster Squad. Yeah, and RoboCop Three, the best <laughs> of the RoboCops. Okay, uh, now we can make that joke about Superman Four, but don't you be fucking around with RoboCop. <laughs> I do want to say though that the opening of this movie. Actually, I mean, it's ridiculous and it's stupid, but it, it's as as far as what the movie's trying to achieve, it's a pretty solid open because it has a decent jump scare, but it also achieves giving us a perfect layout of the house that's going to be, like, necessary for the rest of the movie. Like, it is a good way to show you how, like, how the house is set up without, like, having a realtor walk you room to room and explain it to you. Well, except that they're going to do that anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here like, Matt, did you still watch the edited version and they edited out the asshole realtor or what? We're introduced to the woman who was Hanging's nephew, Roger, who's a uh, famous horror writer, kind of along the lines of a Stephen King. His son had recently disappeared in the old lady's pool uh, while his now ex-wife and, and him were visiting her. He's trying to work on a new novel that's about his time in Vietnam, and people were really bummed out that he's not doing another horror book. Which makes yeah, me he, wonder if they know it, what happened at Vietnam. <laughs> we meet him at the funeral, but then it cuts to a book signing, and the line of people that are at this book signing are exclusively punk rockers, and pedophiles. <laughs> Just those two demographics. I thought there was an old lady. Old lady. <laughs> She's not quite as awesome as the lone old lady fan of Rex Manning. No. No, she's, say no more. <laughs> so he actually decides that he's going to go live in his aunt's house to work on this novel as a way to, like, get away from everything else. Um, well, no, he has that scene where we meet his ex-wife, who, for some reason, is giving him a call from an award ceremony at which she has won nothing at a payphone while people are trying to take pictures of her. It's to establish that she's very famous. Uh, right before that, he has a phone conversation with somebody else. Somebody else calls him, and then the ex-wife calls him. 
Um, what the fuck was that previous phone conversation about? Because I couldn't hear the audio of the other person's end of the conversation. I could just hear Roger going like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. But it, it lingered on it as if I was supposed to be getting some sort of information. <laughs> I, I don't no really think what? it was. I don't think that the, that was the point at all. I think that it was just like, hey, guys, we got to have him talk to somebody else before the before the estranged wife show uh, call, phone call. So don't don't worry. Don't I don't think that we need to spend any time like worrying about the plot holes because this movie is plot hole the movie. <laughs> are, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I have about ten pages of notes. <laughs> well, no, we're still going to talk about them. I just don't want you to be upset by them because they're th- this movie is a hot mess. Honestly, I was I was really I had a hard time paying attention to this movie. It's most of my problem with it. I, was this I, your first time watching I drift it? Drift in and out when yeah, I watch it, was. it. Oh wow! Oh, okay, well, no, I've seen this movie like four times. This movie's great, Scott. Scott, you and I are coming at this having like watched it at a young enough age where we hadn't built up this mystique about the VHS cover for thirty. Oh, uh, that is bullshit. <laughs> I, uh, I watched it at an age where I was old enough to, like, I think I was twelve or something, and it was on. Sci-fi, I think, or U or USA, and I, I was like, oh my god, I remembered how crazy this this cover was. Oh, I, this movie's gonna be awesome. It wasn't that great, and I was like, ah, oh, that, that kind of sucks. I don't know. Like, this movie is is a good time anyway. It's just kind of absurd, and it it cops a lot of other movies from the time period. I know Jacob's Ladder came afterwards, but it's got like the Jacob's Ladder Vietnam shell shock shit. It's got a lot of evil. It owes a lot to Evil Dead, the Evil Dead. You know, it's got other. But it's but got some does it, stuff. And does it? Because this is two years before Evil Dead Two. Oh I've... well, I don't know then. <laughs> Maybe this was well, a trendsetter. I, it. It. I feel like somebody saw this movie and then went, "Well, that's not funny. What if we made a really serious version?" And that was da- Jacob's Ladder, and it absolutely <laughs> was because like. The scene like where Jacob's he's at ladder the rules like <laughs> yeah that movie's fucking awesome. But the scene where he's at the bathroom mirror, there's even like that like weird scaly tail thing that comes out and tries to pull him into the bathroom mirror. And also, that, that is, is the like, weakest monster of the whole movie. He has no center of gravity, and like three monster hands and a tail can't pull him into this into the mirror. Also, like later on when we see the monster like in that universe, it's just like a skeleton. So why why would a, a razor blade uh, hurt it? It, yeah. it does. It's a skeleton, <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> it's, it's one of the Draculas. Dracula <laughs> um, swimming in the swimming pool. Um, <laughs> So, um, so anyways, he talks to his super hot ex-wife, and then he has a dream about a little boy playing cars <laughs> on top of a like grave. Yeah, that's exactly right. I have dreams about a little boy. I'm on so many lists because of, the, because of this podcast. Um, <laughs> so he has a dream about a little boy on top of a grave and then a zombie poking its arm out and attacking the little boy. And that gives him the gumption, I guess, to... to go and, and buy his aunt's house. But then immediately upon yeah. moving into his aunt's house, it's not like the, the weird dreams end there because he immediately has a vision of his aunt hanging herself and being like, you probably shouldn't have moved here. Oh, yeah, oh. the aunt. Um, I have a little song for that, that scene and it goes like that. Believe it or not, mom's walking on air. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest American hero. <laughs> uh, that's all I could think about. Like, I still have never watched that show. And I don't intend to, but I originally know him as whatever the fuck his name was in Carrie. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. And then I saw him in something else and somebody was like, that's the greatest American hero. I said, what? No way. And I had to, you know, I had to look it up. But I have um, a feeling that show probably does not hold up whatsoever. Oh, man. God, it does not. But man, no, what a no, great no. fucking theme song. Like, the theme yes. song is fantastic. <laughs> I feel like watching that show would be like watching Knight Rider and being like, look at how futuristic it is. <laughs> but you know what? Of all the, like, superhero shows that have been coming out, I would actually, if they did a, like, revamped Great American Hero and threw, like, I don't know, fucking Andy Samberg or someone in the costume, I'd be like, I might watch that for an episode or two and see how it is. Here, here's a question. Who the fuck is Andy Samberg? Who are you? What? <laughs> From, you mean Adam Samberg? No, there's no Adam Samberg. It, it, it is Andy Samberg. You From sound like an Adam. idiot, sir. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Am I retarded? <laughs> Matt, edit this out. Nope. <laughs> 
Nope, just like I left both of those awesome jokes that Scott told the last two weeks in the episodes. <laughs> pretty sure I just oh, I haven't... myself with Greatest American Heroes, so fuck you. Do you remember that time that we talked about Tusk and Scott didn't know that Johnny Depp was in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. I still I don't believe that's Johnny Depp. Sure. Yeah, no, stick to your gun. Stick to your gun. You got it. The realtor points out that there's a Marlin on the wall, which very clearly indicates that that's going to come back into play at some point in this movie. Much like uh, they did with um, the deer head in Evil Dead 2. Ah. Uh-huh. I like this fan theory we got going on. Yeah, well, it's fucking this is uh, Sam Raimi's Sam, favorite Sam Raimi's movie. Sam Raimi's a hack. Is that the <laughs> fucking fan theory? Do you guys want to talk about how great Drag Me to Hell was right now, or you want to save that for another time? Save that for another time because we could do a whole episode on Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Scott, puke in my mouth. All right, um, <laughs> Adam, I'm pretty sure you're the one who'd be puking in other people's mouths. <laughs> I have you audio have evidence that. that you're pretty good at it. <laughs> And we should release the, that as a bumper someday. <laughs> then there's the immediate like regret that's like, oh god, it's everywhere. He has a flashback to when his son disappeared from this house, which involved his son literally standing right next to him and then being gone the next second, and then being in the pool and disappearing in the pool. Right? Carolyn! So, yeah, yeah. He pulled the Carolyn. He they they fell into the puddle. What puddle? In the parking garage. Um, And the realtor is, and the realtor explains to him that it was all just a giant mass hypnosis that the great American hero was able to perform. That that realtor's name, Doctor Satan. Doctor Satan. (laughs) (laughs) So he meets Norm from Cheers, which is how I refer to him in my notes. What does he do for work? That guy does not work. He has the best delivery in the entire movie in the scene where he first meets the great american hero though which is when he's standing there and he's like uh old bitch lived next year wouldn't be shocked if someone offed her you know what i mean he's like it was my aunt he goes heart of gold he's a big fan it doesn't explain what he carries in his pocket yeah it's that book it's that like not a book first of all he's a fat guy <laughs> fat guys don't have that much space in their pockets that's just scientific fact yeah they hide it so in the I- folds <laughs> Matt, come on. No, that's not true at all. So he tries to hand him these sweaty newspaper clippings. <laughs> no, that's a copy of a book. That's a book. It was all it's loose. Part. That book was murdered. There's all no, books matter, guys. There's no cover to it. For all he knows, he is literally just pulling anything out of his pocket and claiming it's a book at this point. Will you sign these Costco receipts for me? <laughs> yeah, Scott, that's like if I gave you a blank CD and was like, hey, this is my copy of the Survivor Girl albums. Can you, can you sign this for me? I'm a huge fan. It would probably sound better than the actual albums. That's not true. Survivor Girl's great. <laughs> Listen to them on Bandcamp. Roger decides to stay... And for some dumb reason, he jams his fucking fingers right into a shark tooth. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you why. He literally, like, looks at the shark tooth, shark, like, mouth, and he goes, huh. And just jams his fucking hand in there. It's like, why did you do that? But then he goes upstairs. He sees his aunt. Um, he has a vision of his aunt hang- hanging herself. And she says, this house tricked me, and it's going to trick you, too. Right? Um, now, he's been in this house for like a day, right? Not very long whatsoever. So when he runs to the bathroom and he opens up the bathroom mirror and he goes to take those prescription meds, I thought that he was contemplating like getting fucked up on her old prescription medication. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, so what if he did? What if the rest of those this movie pills. the rest of this movie is just him like tripping his balls off inside this house? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Those, those are supposed to be like PTSD pills, I guess, right? I, I, I've never been to Nam. Matt, must, you're old. Well, you tell me. Must, those, I'm older than both of yeah, you combined. Those like, PTSD pills must also help make his flashbacks look like the shittiest version of Vietnam ever put on film. Oh my god, I have so many notes about that. <laughs> it looks like someone's backyard with just a couple fancy trees put around it. I'll, I'll I'll put a little spoiler here for the for the notes. Uh, later on, we cut back to Vietnam, and I go, "Oh, here we are back in Studio Lot B." Oh, I'm Vietnam. 
Oh Deep no, <laughs> that's not that. I'm telling you, having watched this movie as many times as I as I have, I am almost completely convinced that Vietnam is literally just the wooded area behind the pool outside the house. That's actually a good theory. I like that. Like, I think they shot this whole goddamn movie just at that house. That would be awesome if they did. Like, I, I'm a little tired of all the uh, the expansive, um, expensive locales that yeah. they use these days. Like, I want to go back to the days where you shot it in mom's backyard. Yeah. You tell me that that book signing couldn't have just been in one of the spare rooms in that house. <laughs> This is the point where Roger meets Norm from Cheers, and he is wearing the lowest cut V-neck I have ever fucking seen. Oh my god! He might as well not even be wearing a fucking shirt. <laughs> like it's so low cut. I'm gonna go to Goodwill today, and I'm gonna pick up one of those deep V's, man. <laughs> I just wanted him to yell "Garbage Day, <laughs> Garbage Day, Solitude." <laughs> <laughs> Roger is writing about his time in Vietnam, right? Which, it, 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 like, intercuts it. Like, we see his flashbacks to Vietnam every time that he goes to write about it. Um, but I it's the most less of a shit about those scenes. Those scenes are total garbage. Which, it eventually, at the end of the movie, ties it together. And it's yeah. like, this is, the, this is the whole reason why. Which is fucking stupid. Right, so, so, oh, Scott, so you, were, stupid. you weren't entertained by the hilarious pranks of Big Ben, like, sticking a snake in his cigarette case? <laughs> He's a live um, riot, that Big Ben. Yeah, that, uh, I feel like he should have stuck with Night Court. Is that guy in Night Court? That's the dude from Night Court. Oh, shit. <laughs> you guys suck. Come on. Yeah, we do. Hey, I recognize Norm was from Cheers. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, you don't remember um, him from Night Court? I believe the actor's name was Adam Sandberg. <laughs> <laughs> I can Sandberg. be old Adam Sandberg. Take away the pain. Um, One of these days, Adam's got to learn the other words to I can be your hero because he always trails off after the second line. <laughs> that means no, we have I to know. listen to him sing for longer. No. That's true. We may have to start it, it actually goes, paying for goes, song rights at this point. It goes, I can sacrifice your body. <laughs> um, okay. So Vietnam, I mean, Roger's time in Vietnam is the most stereotypical, cliched fucking time in Vietnam. Like somebody might as well have looked at him and been like, hey, were you in the shit? And he would have been like, yeah, I was I in was the shit. shit. <laughs> like, fuck off. This is so stupid. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm led to believe that Roger kind of knows that he's crazy or kind of knows that the house is haunted because he sees Timmy, right? Mm-hmm. And he picks up the TV remote and, and turns him off the, <laughs> and turns off Timmy's ghost, which is like, okay, did you know that was going to happen? Are you aware that that's just like a specter that that's just like, uh, like the spirit of your child? Like, what, what, why, why would you think that? Why would you know that that was going to happen? Like, what the fuck, man? So I thought that Roger was well aware that he was, like, PTSD crazy, right? Apparently not, because the shit in the closet <laughs> scares the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, did he get video evidence of life uh, or of, of uh, supernatural presences because if so that's like a really big deal and why is he not taking that anywhere and i just want to continue our theory that every famous horror film is stealing from stealing from house uh the creature inside the closet kind of reminds me of the engineer from hellraiser that came out two years after this just saying yes oh my god go ahead go ahead remember what what was what it was that it looked like and i was thinking the worm monster and poltergeist too but no it's absolutely the engineer it's the same fucking prop <laughs> it has to be right yeah i bet that this okay, movie I... tanks bad that they were like uh, no one okay. will notice. Yeah. <laughs> Did this movie tank? No, this movie was actually a surprise hit. Well, it's because it has the greatest American hero in it. I mean, I don't think it was ever number one. I don't think it was like a movie that was ever number one in the box office, but I think it was like one of those movies where it just like stayed at number two for, for weeks. Yeah, it stayed at number two for the last couple decades, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Scott, hit me with that greatest American hero theme song. I want to groove to it for a bit. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, yes in my notes i have it written down as 
many-faced Hellraiser monster. That yeah. is what I wrote that down as. Yeah, so you guys are both right on the money. I mean, it's no CD Cenobite, but it's up there. Roger decides after encountering that monster that he's going to set up a row of cameras and he's going to capture video footage of that monster, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he does like a practice run beforehand and uh, and uh, like it, it like he's obviously lost his fucking shit. Like he's yeah, gone yeah. crazy at this, right? He's, but he's, he's in the still, shit. He, yeah, he's deep in the shit. He's got that crazy PTSD going on right now. Uh, but he still has some sweet, sweet tactical moves because he fucking like he does that like sliding knees out the front of the house and he's like yeah. <laughs> and, and and Norm is sitting on a, on on the guy's front lawn letting his dog take a shit. And he's like, oh, hey. <laughs> I feel like that that part he should have been like Queenie. <laughs> that took way too long for you to get get that joke. Jesus Christ. You guys are killing my self-esteem. <laughs> Wait, Scott, you're three for three on bad jokes. <laughs> really? I don't think I don't think I'm on three today. I think that I'm on a No, no, solid... no. He means three episodes in a row. Oh, yeah. three, three episodes of fucking great just just best <laughs> of. It's not yeah. his it's not his fault. It's us for not getting his sweet sense of humor. Yeah, I mean, could, we've could, been working together listening... for long enough. <laughs> Could the listening audience please write in and maybe give Scott a little pat on the back? He, he needs maybe, a little, maybe a little pat on the groin. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little, 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 little reach around. You know, he needs. All right, so for some reason, Norm from Cheers thinks that it's okay behavior to walk into someone's house, walk up to the second floor, down a hallway, and into a closed room when you don't fucking know this person at all. Like, you're barely neighbors, um, even. Um, he's, he's a big fan of his book, so they're, like, best friends. Yeah, dude, didn't you see Misery? It's just sweet. Oh, my God. If Norm from Cheers has hobbled Roger, <laughs> oh, my God, this would be such a better movie. So it was at this point that I thought that Norm from Cheers was a ghost. I thought that he was part of the house. Like, he was an entity from the house. And that he was conspiring to, to like, fuck Roger up because he steals his address book. He calls his ex-wife. He does all this weird, like, behind-his-back shit. So for, for a good chunk of this movie, I was, I was waiting for it to be revealed that Norm from Cheers was a ghost as well. That's an interesting theory, except for the fact that you see him in his own house when he um, calls the uh, estranged wife. Again, that was probably just part of the house that they shot the movie in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still yeah, saying about it's a theory. Cool, it's a cool theory that he's one of the ghosts from the house if, in fact, you never see him off of the property. It's, it's a cool concept. Well, it, I mean, I wish that they would have done that. It was, it was pretty quickly debunked. I mean, I have, I have three notes in a row that are like, okay, I'm calling it now. Norm is a ghost. Okay, wait. After he grabs the contact book, I'm not so sure. Okay, wait, now I am sure, because he's trying to get the wife involved. Like, that was three notes in a row where I was like, maybe he is, maybe he's not. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Obviously, that was wasted energy, because it's pretty quickly debunked that he is, he is not an entity from the house. But uh, this is the point where Roger goes into the shed, and he starts getting attacked by all of the uh, gardening tools in the shed. Like Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Mm, Sam Raimi, yeah. you Fucking hack. Oh, God. <laughs> We're so upset with you right now. We should have gotten a house TV show instead. <laughs> uh, let's not go that far, okay? <laughs> oh, when I was looking this movie up, 18 versions of Houseu I could find. One version of this. <laughs> oh, that's depressing. <laughs> well, it's because Houseu is so out there that, I, I don't know, I just feel like... Yeah, of course you're going to be able to find yeah, that one easier. Everybody wants to share that shit with people. No one wants to share the brilliance of this movie. Roger, uh, the Marlin finally comes back into play here uh, because it starts flopping around on the wall. At long last, Roger- <laughs> the Marlin pops back. Yes, <laughs> yeah, uh, we've I, all been waiting for it. So, sorry, I'm smoking. <sighs> Are you vaping, bro? <laughs> Yeah, we get it, you babes. All right, anyway, so... Uh, so he, he shoots 
<laughs> Fuck off, Scott. So he. <laughs> so he shoots. Uh, he's, so <laughs> he's so proud of himself. <laughs> I'm not proud of myself. I just love that we get it, you vape thing. It's just so fucking funny. God, vapors are such assholes. <laughs> okay. So, sorry. Is that a big thing down there? Do you guys get like cornered and talked about it all the time? Because. <laughs> Because I actually do have Lord like, Savior the vape. <laughs> yeah, like I honest to God, I I have a vapor and I like I use it ninety like percent of the time. <laughs> but I still I still smoke at work just so people at work that vape don't come up and talk to me about it. Dude, what's uh, how many how many volts is your vape? I actually don't know. I think Yo, about what, vape. what kind of juice? What kind of juice you smoking, bro? What's what's the nicotine level at? Yeah, I got a I got a system set up here. I'm like, shut up. Fuck up! I don't fucking care. They don't you come care. up and be like, "What brand of cigarettes is that, bro? What kind Dude, of smoke those smell smoke? just like the cigarettes that I smoke? Let's talk about it." <laughs> no fucking thanks. All right, so the Marlin comes back into play, which I know we've all been waiting uh, with bated breath for. Never has Master something Pitch. coming to life been more telegraphed. He shoots it with a shotgun, which doesn't actually kill it and doesn't stop it from moving around. And then he puts a blanket over it. So my question is, why did he have to shoot it? Why didn't he just fucking put a blanket <laughs> over it? Well, he had to test out the shooting theory first to kill it. And he was like, oh, well, this isn't going to work. Yeah, dude. I won't, don't you remember that from last time you had to kill a reanimated Marlin? Yeah, I do remember that. I mean, I've got that Marlin hanging on my wall. My uncle was a celebrated fisherman. He held two world records for a while. Don't you know? I actually, I, I, now, okay, Matt, you might have to cut this out of the podcast. I was supposed to inherit uh, a gigantic marlin, actually. My dad was a deep-sea fisherman. So when he died, I was supposed to inherit a gigantic marlin from him. And when they tried to ship it from British Columbia to Ontario, just straight up got fucking lost in shipping somehow. A gigantic 110-pound so, marlin. When did Cannon take Adam's place as the third member of this show because that sounds exactly like something you would fucking say like uh, uh guys guys um actually uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny you bring up you funny you bring up marlins because i was just reading a book about them yesterday and i i started it after i finished mine comp so anyways then we get the scene where sandy shows up right and uh and Wait, he has this like i do want to talk about this scene too like this scene to me uh when when she becomes this weird like purple beast or whatever she is. Like, that that monster disguises his wife is the second most infamous thing about this VHS tape for me. Because she's on the back, isn't she's she? She's on the back, and I remember looking at it being like, I don't know what this movie's about. <laughs> like, it was baffling to me for the <laughs> longest time. And then I saw the movie, and I was like, I don't know what this movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, Matt, don't feel bad, because I just watched it 18 <laughs> hours ago, and I still don't know what the fucking movie's about. Yeah, this is... Uh... Some high quality cocaine cinema. That, that's really what we should just name our po- rename our podcast: is cocaine cinema. Because <laughs> that seems cocaine to be the best movies cinema. that we watch. <laughs> We're so wasted. We're so wasted. We've got I was gonna migraines. say, I'm so glad that we got to uh, got to discuss, got to mention um, Todd, the uh, Todd in the Book of Pure Evil today because you know, fucking love that. It's good shit. It's, um, all, it's I- all for you, Scott. I did it all for you. <laughs> oh my god, you, I'm, Scott, I'm doing it all for you. I'm, Scott, I love you. This is all for you. Uh, but, and yeah, yeah. Talking about movies where people hang themselves. That is the best hanging sequence ever. Because she smashes straight through that window and shit. I don't know, oh. man. I, I mean a close <laughs> second close second is the ending of class of nineteen eighty four. Yes! <laughs> oh class of nineteen eighty four. Why does that movie haunt me? Like I, I uh, Michael J. Fox, I'm sorry. How far in this synopsis are we really? Like, this is absurd. This episode might be as long as the movie house. <laughs> Listen, what happens this was, you asked this of me. No, I'm no, this is fine. I, this, to I, I, think, I think we've got a pretty good good episode on our hands, so I'm not upset about All this. Right. So, uh, well, you might have to edit that part out if we don't get our shit together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this turns out to be a shitty episode... Cut that whole fucking story. <laughs> um, 
So, I mean, he, he fucking delivers two shells right to Sandy's center mass, right? And and then she, like, falls on the front porch. And then he hides her in the closet because the cops show up. But when you go out to the front porch, there's no blood to be found. There's no blood out there whatsoever. I would have to imagine that two shotgun shells center mass is going to result in a bit of blood spray, right? Not so when I kind of picked that when it's not real. Yeah, exactly Obviously. that. I I, I kind of picked up like what the fuck is going on right now? Is this all in his head kind of deal? Like, but anyways, he invites the cops and douchebag Norm from Cheers comes in because he's a real piece of shit and he he's thinks got, that he, can he does just not have a job. That's so no, fucking annoying. It really bugs the <laughs> shit out of me. Like, dude, when wow. when characters in general don't have jobs, or just when Cheers' Norm doesn't have a job. Specifically in this film, that this character is just like free to hang out. It doesn't make any sense. Like, where, where is your source of income? It, it it really takes me out of the film. The cops and Norm are all in the kitchen, and he he spies that there's two shotgun shells on the floor, and my reaction to that is so fucking what it's your house you have a shotgun you own a shotgun this is the most american ever said canadian man (laughs) don't tread on me (laughs) (laughs) roger was in vietnam right like he killed he killed people he was in really harsh situations like i would expect him to have some more composure in a stressful situation like this, but, but he hands him the, the coffee and his hands are all like shaking and he's freaking the fuck out. Like, I don't know. I guess that's a result of the PTSD. Then I, I don't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Seriously. This movie is ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know what I am worried about is the fact that shortly after this scene, Sandy, the like maggot Sandy comes back, right? Maggot Sandy. Tries to, well, that's what it looks like. It looks like you squeezed a giant maggot into a dress. Uh, well you know you know what the problem is with this version of sandy is uh she's no good she's no good she's no good yeah she's no good funny story about that song i know it as a linda ronstadt song and i had never really given much listen i'd never really listened to linda ronstadt until this past week i had like a rental car because i um needed to have my car worked on blah blah blah. and i had xm radio for the the couple days that I had that car and Linda Ronstadt came on think one thing led to another and I'm like god damn I actually really like Linda Ronstadt so I was talking to my parents I went down to their house and I was like hey um did you listen to Linda Ronstadt you know when in the 70s and my dad was like yeah I have some Linda Ronstadt records you want to like go find them and so we went looking for them found them but then we also found this was on Sunday we also found some David Bowie records and I was like can I borrow these to take to Megan because she loves David Bowie and dad was like sure and then, you know, I wake up Monday morning and David Bowie passed away. So it was just real, it was real weird to me that, like, I found a bunch of David Bowie records the day he died. So what you're saying is it's your fault. It might be my fault. I <laughs> may be the worst person in the world. Yeah, you may have. No, I've heard, I've heard 18 different stories like this. By the way, thank you for sharing, Canon. We really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but I've heard like 18 different stories like this where people were like really getting hardcore into Bowie right up until the day that he died. Because for every day for like a week after I got off work, when I was walking home, I was listening to Heroes by David Bowie just to like unwind. And that was for a solid week right before he died. So it's, I'm, a, it's, I'm, it's I'm yeah, it, it is just weird. I, it, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is all just coming out of the wood. Like, if David Bowie hadn't died this week, I certainly wouldn't have mentioned to you that, hey, I've been really digging on Heroes by David <laughs> Bowie lately. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't um, got any weird David Bowie story. None at all. I watch Labyrinth every week, so it wasn't really that weird when he died. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to business as usual. I'm just going to pop back in Labyrinth. <laughs> Where the fuck are we in this film? Um, so, uh, we're, have we, have we met the sexy neighbor yet? Through. Yeah, no, the- we haven't met horny foreign neighbor. I'm not done. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. So <laughs> the deformed maggot version of Sandy comes back. She tries to kill him with a shotgun. But for so- whatever reason, he opens the door and the garden tools come in and they cut Sandy's head off. Because they were just waiting to get him or something. Because that just, makes sense. Yeah, for for that, days. That's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> they're, they're controlled by the house, too. These are both 
two different entities that are both controlled by the house, why the fuck would one kill the other? Doesn't make any goddamn some things, sense. So, some things we'll never know. I don't know. This is like one of the only musical, like one of the only songs used in this movie. And it is. I think it so, is the only song. Like, no, there's two because one comes right after this. One comes right okay. after this. Right. Uh, but it, it's so wildly inappropriate. <laughs> it makes true. no sense in this scene whatsoever. For a scene where a man is burying his dead, deformed, fucked up wife, it's just playing this like weird seventies like funk pop. Like, what the shit is going on right now? And he's doing it right out in the open, too. Like, we know the layout. Yeah, it's the middle of the day. Like, what the fuck? Mid-fucking-day. And, like, (laughs) right out in the open. Can't you, like, take a little break and wait? The body's probably not going anywhere. It's not not about to get up and walk off. let the bodies hit the floor, right? As if his mind was like, if I start digging a hole at night, I'll be suspicious. (laughs) I'll do it now. (laughs) No one will ever guess. This is the point where he meets his horny foreign neighbor, who is of indeterminate <laughs> country. Yeah, I, I mean, we've all got him. They're constantly <laughs> coming over neighbor. asking me to play. Trying to have sex with us. God. <laughs> what a hassle. Rough. It's rough. I, she's from Kazakhstan or something. I don't know where the fuck this is. Some fucking made-up country. Okay, so I get that she's supposed to be like, she and the kid are like an analog for his wife and dead or missing son. I get that. It just doesn't work because they start that storyline and then they don't do anything with it. It turns into just a vehicle for wacky hand hijinks. Yeah. That's exactly the thing, right? Like Another Evil Dead 2 reference right there. Yeah. Shit. Fuck you, Sam Raimi. All right, so... <laughs> Take back every dog, nice thing I ever said about your films. I guess it's Norm's dog, because it's like a golden retriever. I think it's Norm's dog. Digs up the hand. Uh, the hand, like, gets away from him. And then the horny foreign neighbor comes over, and she's like... It's exactly that part. She's <laughs> I don't like, remember you know, that part. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't include that part. She's a little more classy than that. Um, she says, are you ready to play? And then you pan down, and there's like a, a two-year-old there, and she says, "Oh, I want you to babysit." This man is a complete fucking stranger to you, <laughs> and, and a total nutcase. Like, what are you doing? And, and, and a fucking psychopath. Like, he's crazy. He's a crazy man. And she's like, "Oh, and he has his toys for the tub too." It's like, are you gonna let a stranger bathe your child? <laughs> what the fuck is? You're that? not. <laughs> Can I just say that that kid and I had the exact same hair and toys in 1986? <laughs> Scott, was this you? Did you not know that your parents put you in a movie? God, did you finally grow into those ears? <laughs> yes, I did. Um, but not that mullet, man. That mullet's forever. The kid is obviously uncomfortable being in some weirdo fucking psycho stranger's house. Because like, the kid is the sleep. only normal person in this movie. Yeah, the kid has a, a normal reaction to this <laughs> So Roger tries to calm him down and they watch some TV together. But then, I mean, come on, Roger, man, you've already lost one fucking child to this house by not looking at them. And he goes to his typewriter and he starts writing for like 10, 20 minutes. Doesn't pay attention to the fucking kid. And obviously, of course, because you're in this weird hell house, the kid disappears. He's gone when he looks back. Like I, I like the fact that we have Adam O'Brien giving parenting advice. I know what I'm doing. I'll beat that kid so hard he'll, <laughs> he'll have to behave. That's the Adam O'Brien parenting advice I look for. Uh, listen, look at that last name. I grew up Irish. I got the shit kicked out of me a lot. So it turned out well for me. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't it for this kid? Yeah, I mean, uh, come on. Whatever. Everything works out fine, and the kid ends up going home to horny for a neighbor who... Who does who I not Roger, pay... Like, doesn't pay Roger. What if sexy far neighbor and kid are ghosts from the house? Spooky! Who's spooky for me? I assume that Roger's going to tag it later, so that's probably his payment for babysitting. <laughs> well, I would hope... I, I, some <laughs> fucking reason for him to even, like... Why are they in this movie? It sucks! Scott, we're coming, we're coming to the end. We're almost done here, okay? He gets Cheers Norm to come over. And I, I actually, for a second, I, my theory about Norm being a ghost was debunked at this point. So 
I thought for a second that he was going to like sacrifice Norm to the monster in the closet because he was like it was it was just being very he was gave them this whole spiel about how there's a raccoon in there and they need you to harpoon it to death. Also, are you going to give a harpoon gun to this suburbanite fat fucking slob at midnight? He's probably drunk at this point. You give harpoons to fat, sweaty neighbors at like eleven fifty-five at the at the latest. Yeah, dude, it's they're like gremlins. Don't do it after midnight. Anyway, he does manage to to harpoon the uh, the mo- the many-faced Hellraiser monster, but it turns into a complete clusterfuck. And Roger goes for a wild ride into apparently Vietnam. He hops back out after after watching Ben get killed and dragged away by the Vietnamese. Which, by the way, Ben, you're the fucking idiot that went out in the open and got shot to shit in the first place. So why are you bitter? You're an idiot. Like, you deserve to die, you dumbass. War never changes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So, anyways, he hops back out of the closet, and Norm is still fucking sitting there he has completed most of a two six of fucking jack daniels and i'm like after you saw what came out of that closet oh yeah why would you stay in the same room i would expect everything that we've learned about norm from cheers at this point indicates that he's a gigantic pussy so why would he sit there in front of this closet that he saw a monster come out of like i would i would get the five beat booking it out of there and I'm not as much of a pussy as Norm from Cheers, I don't think. Although, I, I don't know. I, am I? I'm not sure. I don't know. Anyways, he finds out that, uh, via the ant's painting, he finds out that Timmy is in the mirror in the bathroom. So he breaks the mirror, and he finds out that there's, like, this crazy portal. We already talked about, like, the Jacob's Ladder, like, weird snake shit coming out and grabbing him. He eventually goes into the mirror. He ca- Like, he sees that weird Evil Dead thing. Which steals his shotgun and shoots the rope so that he falls down. Why wouldn't he just shoot him, Roger, in the yeah. face? So he saves Timmy. He gets him out of the nom zone. And then they get back to the house. And it turns out that it was Ben, the guy that died in Vietnam, or whatever, was taken away in Vietnam. It's his spirit that's haunting this house. Now, I've never seen house two, four, or five. Is it house five? No, it- there's just two and four. Okay. Oh, sorry, two and four. I've never seen House 2 and 4. Does it expand on the fact that it was Ben that was doing no, it? Like completely no, House, House 2, ironically enough, is a wacky time western where uh, a different actor playing Roger teams up with the undead ghost of his grandfather, who was a cowboy, and a weird dog-maggot hybrid creature. You're selling it to oh. me right now. I wish I was making oh, any of this up. You know what's another movie that drew influence from that? Waxwork too. Yeah, it did. Time travel, yo. <laughs> when did you turn into fucking Jesse from Breaking Bad? Magnets, yo. Ooh, it's a juggalo. You guys gonna drink that fago? <laughs> you gonna drink? <laughs> no, that? we're gonna pour it on our girlfriends. Whoop whoop whoop. All right, whoop. So, uh, <laughs> whoop whoop. Oh my god! <laughs> fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> What, Scott, are you not coming to the gathering? What, you're not down with the clown homes? Dude, the gathering is in the next town over. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, are we my getting... God, you're right. You're in fucking Ohio. Oh, my God. I forgot Scott, about Scott, that. Oh, Scott, God. Scott. If I really wanted to, I could bike there. Scott, that close. Scott, you need to get us booked on the gathering. <laughs> no. Fuck you. Oh, my God. Fuck you, Scott. We're so doing that. We are 100%. Our next convention is actually the gathering of Douglas. This is what I'll do. I'll do it if you guys both dress up as beef. We'll have well, a we beef off. Dress up as beef. We'll show up. We'll show up at the gathering, and we'll be like, mm, "Well, one of us needs to go home and change." <laughs> well, no, 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 no. One of us. One I of us can dress be... up like that. You still say that. One of us can be beef when he's first revealed in the coffin, and then the other one can be beef when he's in like that low cut off red shirt before he gets electrocuted. <laughs> I vote for Matt being in the low cut. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Although you guys both have bellies, so it would be funny. <laughs> so back to the movie. No, yeah, we're anyways. at an hour right now. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about House anymore. We're so close to done. We've got like six minutes left. All right, so four more strokes and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you there even quicker. You ready, Scott? I'm going to read these so sultry. 
wow, the Ben monster is slow as fuck. <laughs> he beats Ben with his own arm. Oh, <laughs> into his stomach and it explodes. Well, and not even that. Here's the thing. He, it, it, Ben turns like it, ben, what are Ben's powers? Because he has like nothing. He takes the house and he puts it on the edge of a fucking cliff, right? And then he pulls him off the cliff, and that doesn't kill Ben. So why would a grenade in his chest kill Ben? Why does that make fucking sense? It's because it's, it's the it's the Freddy Krueger kill. It doesn't matter. He has every power until you stop believing in him, and then he has no power. Well, that was the thing. He was like, I'm not scared of you anymore. That was not the motif of this movie. That was, <laughs> no. never, that was never a theme in this movie about him being scared. What the fuck? What, what, what's going on? <laughs> and he gets his fucking hand chopped off, and then he looks at his hand, and his hand's still there. He's like, I'm not scared of you anymore. I was like, when were you ever scared of him in the first place? That wasn't the fucking point. It was just... Ah! Anyways, the ending's a fucking cop-out, and Sandy shows up, so it turns out that he didn't kill Sandy. And then everybody gets reunited with Timmy, who presumably has been sitting in a cage in Vietnam flashback for the last four or five years. Did he age? No. I don't think uh, I don't think Roger or Sandy aged either. They look So maybe it was only like a couple of months or something. But still, your kid's going to be a little bit fucked up. I think, if you've been sitting in a bamboo cage in a Vietnam dream world. Yeah, dude. He's going to come back and death dream everybody. Matt, was that the plot of House 2? Is Timmy's fucking crazy and now he has PTSD as well? No, no. This is way better than House 2. Sorry to to wreck any hopes and dreams of us. Well, I have House 2 queued up on my computer ready. Right to there. watch that piece of garbage. Right there with Horror Show and House 4. Dude, I'll watch all of them. You know I have no life. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? So what did you guys watch this week? Megan and I watched three movies together. And uh, it was fun. It was fun to, to, to watch some stuff with the wife for once instead of sitting like a lonely man on my computer watching stuff alone. Or occasionally looking over and seeing Nazi kitties <laughs> on your computer screen. Yeah, and every time she looks over being either one of two responses. One, what the fuck? Or two, just shaking her head and being like, I probably shouldn't have married you. Uh, so we watched The Martian, which was phenomenal. Oh, you and, mean the, yeah, the like comedy that. of the year? It actually is really funny. I don't think it is a comedy, but it's it's funny, and I, I can see why people have a hard time stuffing it into one box, but I see it as a shipwreck movie. So if it, it's basically written the exact same way as some, a sailor who's stuck on a desert island. Or it, 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 it's, it's a castaway, but on another planet. Well, I guess here's right? the question, though. Whether it's a good movie or a bad movie, does it deserve to win comedy of the year? No, absolutely not. Well, I, I don't know. I don't watch a whole lot of comedies. I can't say what a better comedy in 2015 was, but I don't really think yeah, The Martian is a comedy. Yeah. I, 2015 I think that, was a pretty weak year for comedy, actually. I mean, what, are you going to give it to Horrible Bosses 2? Like, what the fuck? I don't know. I didn't watch really that many movies last year. Inside. You watched a shitload of movies. It's not from last. Yeah, I didn't watch. Yeah, I didn't watch that much. I, I was it was Final Girls a funnier comedy from 2015? Actually, I would absolutely yeah, pick actually, Final Girls. One hundred percent. Yeah, I would totally do that too. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Although I'm gonna watch The Martian way more, more way more times in my life than I'm gonna watch Final Girls. Oh, like, I, Final would, Girls I would great, absolutely but... disagree with that. I bet I could. I haven't seen The Martian yet, 
but I bet I would watch it and think it's a masterpiece, but I would still probably watch Final Girls like a thousand times before I watch it again. Why does he hate my boobs? Is it because they're not big? Then we watch Interstellar because uh, it's got half the same fucking people in it. And Interstellar is awful. Yeah, I, I was really it. bored by that movie. That movie, people... Uh, I, I don't know why so many people raved about it. And so many people on Reddit were just sucking its dick and people were saying that the science was good. The science was so ridiculous. I mean, just because it looked like a wormhole would, that doesn't make any sense. Like, besides that, there's no reason why half that shit would have happened. One, why is there a blight happening on Earth? Like, and, and it's killing off everything, like, one, one crop a year. That makes no sense unless it's human, like, it's man-made. So, and that's not... In, involved in the story and then why would they go to that first water planet like they know that it's a water planet they would have known that there was no reason for them to go there i can see why you they literally would just orbit the planet and look down look and it. see oh that person's dead let's not go to that fucking planet yeah. let's uh, let's observe the planet for a bit before but we they decide also to have... send a fucking manned mission down there they had to have had enough information from the the, the 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 team or the the person that went down onto the planet their descent onto the planet into the planet had to have lasted i don't know a year based on the whole time dilation so they would have had tons of data that would have been sent back right i don't it doesn't matter i liked that movie until the end of the movie where it's just like oh how are we going to end it uh dosex machina we'll just it's uh, you know it's so much a dosex dosex machina it's like so ridiculous and so it just looks stupid and then i but beyond anything else in that film the thing i hated the most was this concept that they kept talking about that humans were born to to colonize the rest of the the universe or whatever the, the multi galaxies, multiverse, and and this it's it's this really weird like Republican esque manifest destiny shit. It just seems really out of place for all the more or less liberal people on Reddit to just you know like God, circle jerk God. about. They're gonna make the universe great again. Anyway, so that movie sucked. Um, and then uh, we watched Crimson Peak, which I both Megan and I really enjoyed. Megan liked it mostly because you get to see Tom Hiddleston's butt cheeks. Um, and I really liked it because you get to see some really cool ghosts and some pervy action that I can't talk about or else it would be a total spoiler, spoiler. for both of you. You had me at Tom Hiddleston and then I came at butt cheeks. <laughs> So I'm down. Don't you I'm always down. come at butt cheeks? I was about to say, the best thing about that sex scene, because, so Megan is like losing her shit when the ghosts are, are showing up in that movie because she can't do ghost movies. She does, she really gets scared. And she's like, oh, God, it's so scary. And I'm just laughing because, like, her reaction just amuses me. And she's like, why won't you protect me? I'm like, it's a movie. But then Tom Hiddleston and his, his new wife are, like, getting it on and – he like throws her on the bed and then pushes her skirts up and then it, he goes down like he's going to perform cunnilingus on her. And I'm like, yeah, Tom Hiddleston, show him how it's done. And then he stops and like goes up to kiss her mouth and then he, she pulls his pants down and then he humps her a bunch and, and you see the butt cheeks and Megan's like, oh, yay. But I'm like, Megan, you're forgetting the fact that he just totally like blue balled her. I don't know what the term is, but like. I, I, I don't know. Beaver tease. Totally Clam tease. jam. <laughs> yeah, he crammed the under. Nice. Nice. God. I watched the series finale, or the season finale, sorry. They'll do um, many more seasons of Ash versus Evil Dead, which, Matt, you caught up yet? Nope, but I did rewatch the first episode with the person who's been bailing on me to watch it, so I think we're finally going to start getting through that series. Oh, man. The, uh, the series, or the season, God, I keep saying it. The season finale is just such a tease. <laughs> it's entirely a tease for more seasons, which I'm fine with. That's but... what every TV show does. I don't know why you're upset by this. No, you are. You are misunderstanding. You're underestimating how much of a fucking tease this is. Like the season literally goes like, "Oh, we're gonna stop this evil thing from happening," and then it looks at it at its watch and it goes, "Ah, we'll, we'll stop it later." We'll worry about this later. <laughs> like, 
it was such a cheese. Uh, yeah, really, I, I loved it, and it was really good, and it, it is in line with, like, how the character would act and, and what you would expect from them, but I just don't have to, I don't want to have to wait. I'm just bummed out that I have to wait. Um, you, you don't, you don't want to wait for this show I don't to wait be over. For my life to be over. <laughs> Kiss me under the bearded butt. Um, <laughs> I know Scott loves it when I sing. I'll, I'll keep it up. Dude, the fact that you just sang uh, Six Pence on the Richer song, it, it's going to help me get through the winter. That's all I can say. <laughs> if you wear those shoes, I will wear that dress. What if you want to order a love burger? Well done. I still okay. If we're talking about cock teases from from movies and TV shows, that is the biggest one. I always will wonder what what uh, Love Burger was supposed to sound like. All right, so we're gonna move on. Are you done with your thing there, Adam? Yeah, go ahead there, Matt. Okay, so for my list, I watched the 1976 version of King Kong, which is way too long and not very good. Do not recommend it. Probably will never watch it again. I also watched, for the second time, via Weird Ass Movie Night, Ninja 3, The Domination. Which nice! I, which I still think, one of these days when we do another non-horror episode of Horror Movie Night, that should be a strong contender. Because there is just plenty to talk about. Theoretically, we could just talk about it on a regular episode, because it does involve demonic possession. Possession, it involves a lot of V8 juice. Lots of, yeah, some weird uses of V8 juice for sure. Golf, there's some golf in there. (laughs) Uh, I finally watched a documentary that I've been meaning to get around to, uh, which was Lost Souls, and uh, I enjoyed it. I don't think it's the best doc I've seen all year. Uh, That still goes to Electric Boogaloo, which was just amazing. I, I still, to this, it's on, still on Netflix. Go watch Electric Boogaloo if you haven't. It is going to be entertaining. But Lost Souls is also on Netflix right now, and I, I thought it was a pretty interesting story. It It is a whole lot of Richard Stanley kind of bitching to the camera. Well, um, it, but rightly so. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's justifiable. That get everything that he worked for torn away from him. Yeah. Like, but, just brutally torn away. What I was mostly disappointed by, I guess, was the expect. I had expectations of what it was versus what it ended up being, which was that I thought that this was going to be a doc about him, like, living on the set. And then, it, like, that's, like, a thing that literally comes up in the last, like, 15 minutes of this almost two-hour-long doc, and that kind of bummed me out a little bit. Look, look at it this way. The movie opens up with um, Richard Stanley used to make movies. Now he lives in an isolated village in the, the, you know, the hills of France. Yeah. How did we get there? Why did he stop talking to other human beings? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, and then, trust me, it's a good doc, and it's definitely worth watching. But like I said, I just felt a little, uh, I, I wanted to know way more about the insanity of, like, living secretly on the set of the movie that was stolen from you. Like, I feel like that in its own right could be a decent length documentary. Ah. Yeah, it, it's still good. I still think it's worth watching, but uh, that's all I got to say right now because, honestly, I, if I need to, if I want to get this episode out in time, ah. I probably should have started editing it uh, an hour and a half ago. So uh, definitely check out Lost Souls and Electric Boogaloo. Ah. All right, that was 1986's House. As always, you guys can send us suggestions. I don't even think we mentioned who suggested that movie. That was uh, from a user named Chris who suggested that we watch House. So, Chris, we have watched House. So far, if you're going to compare this to last week's suggested movie, good job. Uh, (laughs) Still love you, Brian, but, yeah, House was a way more fun uh, viewing and episode than Monster High. But this means that you can always send us suggestions of what you think we should watch by emailing us at hmnpodcast at gmail.com.
This movie was the David Bowie of horror films where it was like it was so far ahead of its time that we don't recognize it until it's too late. Oh, that's too topical and, and <laughs> nice try there. That was, well, no, I, I, I just I, – I'm sorry. I, when I was reading David Bowie facts, I discovered that it took seven years for Space Oddity to be number one on the charts. I thought that was fascinating to me. Huh. Do you know that it took 12 years to make Boyhood? Just saying. <laughs> um, and you saw and how good that turned I, out. <laughs> oh, boy, did I ever. It was um, well worth I, those 12 years of hard work. <laughs> no, uh, well, he won all those Oscars. But... <laughs> That's how I feel about Boyhood. Um... Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 